Welcome to the Classic Holdup Podcast, where we analyze media from the past. Each episode features a different host that brings a fresh take on a film, TV show, video game, or music album of their choice. What can we discover? Do old favorites have a shelf life? Will the classics hold up? Hello, my name is Jack Holloway and I'm a senior at Michigan State University. I've been a fan of movies, comic books, and filmmaking for as long as I can remember, and have written, directed, and acted in several short films of my own. As I've gotten older, I've begun to appreciate horror films in a way that my younger self never could. I really have an appreciation and a respect for uh, the classic kind of 80s horror movies, such as the Halloween movies, and Evil Dead, and Friday the 13th. And I feel like those movies really helped pave the way for horror movies as we see them now. Um, but I guess mainly what I find fascinating and impressive is how filmmakers can manage to terrify audiences and leave lasting impacts on people that will follow them for years through the use of shocking imagery, ominous music, creative camera shots, and horrifying storytelling. Night of the Living Dead, directed and co-written by legendary filmmaker George A. Romero, was released in 1968 and saw immediate success with the public. At a time when horror films were not considered to be mainstream and had a very limited fan base, this film brought a new life into the horror genre and created a spectacle for audiences that included a new concept that had never been done on screen before. Zombies. In 1968, with a shockingly low budget of $115,000, Relatively unknown filmmaker George A. Romero began principal photography on an original script that he and his good friend John Russo had recently finished. The story follows a group of strangers that get trapped in a farmhouse near a cemetery after all of the nearby recently deceased corpses mysteriously reanimate and begin to attack them. The primary cast of characters include the cool-headed, capable protagonist Ben, played by Dwayne Jones, the traumatized and hysterical Barbara, played by Judith O'Day, the irrational and unpleasant husband Harry, played by Carl Hartman, Harry's wife Helen, played by Marilyn Eastman, and the young farm boy Tom, played by Keith Wayne. As the film progresses, the characters slowly uncover the truth that the horrors they are experiencing are not an isolated event, and in fact the dead have begun to rise everywhere in the country and possibly the world. The group attempts to fend off the undead and protect themselves from the chaos happening outside the farmhouse, while simultaneously trying to decide on what the best course of action is. With tensions growing, it is soon discovered that Harry and Helen's 11-year-old daughter Karen has been in the basement all along with a bite mark on her arm, leading to increasing conflict and tough decisions being made. The film would go on to gross $30 million at the box office, making more than 250 times its budget. The film is considered to be a pivotal moment in the film industry and is responsible for creating an entire new genre of horror films. Night of the Living Dead established many concepts that are now ingrained into popular culture in regard to zombies, such as the infection being spread through bites, the destruction of the brain as the only means of quote-unquote killing the undead, an apocalyptic scenario in which a large portion of the population is either killed or turned into zombies, and a mysterious origin of the infection, whether it be scientific or paranormal. Now, it's important to realize that before 1968 and before the film was released, People did not know what a zombie was, 
We all take the idea of zombies for granted because they are so ingrained into our popular culture from the countless movies, TV shows, video games, and comic books, with its peak in interest probably either being during the early seasons of the Walking Dead TV show or when a zombies game mode was introduced into Call of Duty, which coincidentally was around the same time. But I find it so interesting that the origin of the concept can be pinpointed to one man and one film. Romero did get inspiration from many different places, but overall the idea was an entirely new one. The term zombie is never used once in the film, but would become popular with fans soon after, and George A. Romero would become known as the grandfather of the zombie genre. So here today to talk with me about uh, his experience with Night of the Living Dead is a recent Central Michigan University graduate, Bennett Coe, who is currently residing in Denver. Uh, Bennett, what did you think about Night of the Living Dead and what are your experiences with this film? Hey Jack, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I think the first time I saw Night of the Living Dead, I was a pretty young kid. I suppose my dad was just turning it on TV and I watched it, happened to be in the room watching it with him. Um, haven't thought much of it since then. I'm a big horror movie guy, um, but I, I haven't watched a lot of the classics. So when you uh, texted me, asked me to watch Night of the Living Dead, I thought it would be a fun, uh, fun revisit to an old, old classic. And I have to say, um, it's definitely pretty dated, but I think it holds up a lot. Very entertaining movie. And um, I think it's set a pretty good precedent for a lot of horror movies that have since uh, followed in his footsteps. Yeah, it is a dated movie. Um, I mean, 1968 is a very long time ago. And uh, the fact that it's black and white does not help the fact that it does look dated. But um, it's important to note that uh, George A. Romero made the movie black and white intentionally. It's not, you know, 1968 movies had been in color for quite some time. So he made the choice to make it black and white to give it kind of a interesting feel and tone and a, a unique look to the movie. And I think it works very well. So you're saying there was a purposeful decision to make it black and white. And so this movie came out in 68. I'm sure it was released in theaters. And then after that, was it, it was probably just released as, as, as a special on TV, do you think? Um, probably. I mean, uh, it was very successful when it was in theaters. Um, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, I believe the budget was $115,000 and it ended up making $30 million at the box office, Good which Lord. is a, a smash success, obviously. So, um, so I'll ask you this. With your most recent rewatch... Did you enjoy the movie? I did enjoy it, definitely. Uh, it surprised me in a lot of ways. Um, like I said before, I, I don't usually go out of my way to check out the older movies. Um, but I think this movie, for what it was, just it has a great story. Um, naturally, being from the 60s, it's a little behind on the, uh, the effects and the camera work that we're used to now. But... Um, the story is full of twists and turns um, and just kind of classic horror elements that uh, I look for, that I enjoy seeing in any 
kind of thriller movie. Yeah, and I think one thing that stands out is the the gut-wrenching ending that just kind of leaves that feeling like, oh, God, like after everything that's happened, that's how it ends. But um, but yeah, yeah, I think it uh, definitely... Um, I just can't even imagine what people were thinking at the time when this movie came out. So that kind of brings us to our next subject is um, when this, how, how do we feel that this movie was perceived when it first came out? Because I, I talked about it a little bit uh, in the introduction to this podcast, but before 1968 and before this movie, zombies were not a thing, you know, like people didn't know mm-hmm. what zombies were. This was their first ever interpretation or experience with the idea of the dead reanimating and attacking people so um and it's just crazy to me that like all of this came from one place and one person george a romero came up with this entire idea and now everybody knows what zombies are but back in 1968 mm-hmm. nobody knew what zombies were so it's just like we kind of take it for granted because it's so much ingrained into our popular culture but back then people had no idea what it was and I have to imagine it was probably the scariest thing anybody had ever seen in 1968. Mm-hmm. I mean, the idea of dead bodies coming back to life and attacking yeah, you and yeah. eating you, like feasting on human flesh. It's a terrifying idea. Like, Absolutely. Really yeah. Think about it. Yeah, it's really like shocking, especially for that time period when horror movies weren't really that popular. It was kind of a niche market. It wasn't that big of a fan base for horror movies. And then the smash success of this movie, I think, really revitalized the horror genre. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you said, it was such a big hit in the theaters. Uh, People found it. They just turned out they loved the idea. They loved the zombies. I have to say, I would love to, uh, if we could go back and take some people in those theaters and now put them in front of an episode of uh, The Walking Dead or something, just to see how they would react to one of uh, our modern day zombies. I did think it was kind of funny when, uh, especially in the beginning of the, The Night of the Living Dead, a lot of the zombies just look like uh, some homeless people. Right. I kind of got that uh, same vibe too. Like, it's like, because you could tell, I mean, it was a very low budget movie. And I think that does show with some of the makeup and the costume design, you know, I mean, when they show the zombies outside of the farmhouse, they're mm-hmm. really just like they do look kind of just like homeless people or people yeah, that absolutely. just like have some tattered clothes and put a mm-hmm. couple like red droplets of blood on their face and mess yeah. their hair up and there you go yeah. that's your zombie but, but uh, and yeah especially like what you said about like comparing it to the walking dead and the amazing makeup they have on that mm-hmm. show it would be a total shock for those yeah. people and then what you said about the low budget it's true it did have a low budget but i i think it goes a uh, says a lot about what you can do with a good story and a great concept if you uh if you just have the the good basics down good story good concept you can put together a really gripping story that people will love no definitely um yeah so i guess uh we'll move on to the next topic which is um how is it viewed now um i think it is it's no question that this is a classic horror movie and kind of like what we mentioned earlier it was really like the starting point for the zombie genre so if we want to look at the entire zombie genre as a whole i mean it's everywhere like this idea is everywhere movies tv shows comic books video games like uh, there's so many zombie video games you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's just it's, it's everywhere in pop culture and everybody knows what zombies are um, and especially like looking back at this movie, 
it is like i think perceived as one of those things where it's like it, it all started from one place and it's a very important movie for that concept alone because it spawned thousands of other forms of media that have to do with this idea mm -hmm. yeah it's absolutely a horror classic i mean if you mention night of the living dead to anybody on the street even if they haven't seen the movie i'm sure they've heard some iteration of the title they'll right. say oh that yeah that does ring a bell i mean i we have parodies of night living dead we have uh spin-offs this that remakes it really it just spawned uh a whole genre like you said to come out of it so it is also important to note that george A. romero uh the director of this film made several sequels um I guess you could call them sequels. They're more of, I guess, either sequels or spinoffs, whatever you want to call them, because none of the characters are the same across any of his films. But um, arguably the more famous one and the more popular one is the second zombie film he made, which didn't come out until about 10 years after this one called Dawn of the Dead. And I feel like that is what people kind of refer to as like the quintessential zombie film. Not to be um, confused with, of course, of uh, Sean, Sean of the Dead, of right? Of course, of course, not to be confused with Sean of the Dead. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think like the Night of the Living Dead is really where like the idea started and the concept was there and he saw, okay, this is a successful thing that people are interested in. So then when Dawn of the Dead finally rolls around, he really was like perfecting that kind of like concept of yes this is a worldwide apocalypse like it's kind of like the idea of this isn't because that's how the original was too and by the original i mean note of the living dead like it's not just an isolated event this is a worldwide thing that is happening and uh and i think throughout all the sequels he kind of just like that grow that idea just kind of like spreads and uh the, the same idea is at the core of all of his films but um it's just cool that it all started with one one idea and then spread to all these sequels. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's just so many zombie movies out there now because like he didn't he didn't trademark the idea. He didn't patent anything. He didn't trademark the word zombie or anything like that. So he like allowed everyone else in the world, if you want to make a zombie movie, make a zombie movie. You can take my idea and do whatever you want with it. I think that's really, really cool of him. Absolutely. Yeah, it was Night of the Living Dead really kind of uh, just snowballed into this entire zombie franchise that... We're still seeing today and enjoying today uh zombies it seems like just the idea of them, them themselves have kind of like a cult following uh in a lot of people um and i think uh just the genius in the storytelling uh is what really allowed uh the director ramir to uh kind of go off and create those spin-off films to realize i can create more from just this one idea and he did and like you said he created the quintessential, the the big zombie movie that people still look back on today as uh, the the zombie movie. Um, Dawn yeah, of the Dead. and it, and it is kind of interesting that like there is a a ten year gap in between Night of the Living Dead and then the first sequel that he made, and it's almost like it took him like that long to realize you know this is too good of an idea to just make one movie with. Mm -hmm. I have to I have to do another one and then yeah. another one and then another one. Yeah. Um, and then it's also kind of important to note that like he is very specific about um how his zombies work in his zombie movies and you're you're right every filmmaker kind of has their own take on it and their own mm -hmm. spin on the idea um and 
to be honest, my opinion is when it starts to stray a little bit too far away from Romero's original vision is when it starts to kind of lose my interest. Like movies like World War Z, which is like, that's just a insane movie in which I, it's you can, almost can't even consider the the quote unquote zombies in those movies to be zombies. Mm. They're just like infected people because there is a yeah. difference between a zombie and just like an infection that spreads across the world, making people crazy. Mm. You know what I mean? Because like a yep. zombie, that like what his idea of a zombie was is a reanimated corpse. That's <clears> it. <throat> like and you, so also meaning that you have to die to become a zombie. And that element kind of goes away in some other movies, such as World War Z or mm-hmm. 28 Days Later or these other movies where it's kind of just an infection. So I guess that kind of does lead into the next point is how will this film be perceived in the future? Because I think it's fairly obvious that the zombie genre is not going anywhere. You know, like there, there's going to be zombie movies, zombie mm-hmm. video games, zombie TV shows forever. So mm-hmm. um it's kind of like i wonder how in 30 years like the movie's already dated for us people may stop thinking about it so much because the concept has taken on such a life of its own and it's its own completely its own genre at this point in 30 years is like that generation of people gonna care about the Mm. 1968 black and white movie that's kind of started it all which it is an important thing to think about so i think it should stay relevant like the movie should always be relevant because it's important Mm. to know where ideas like this come from but as far as like will it stay as relevant and as important in the future i'm not sure about that yeah well i think it I think it'll always be important in that it kind of laid the groundwork for the genre that we have today. Um, I think as far as like the common public quote unquote goes, um, sure. Maybe people will forget a little bit more about it, but again, at the same time, as I said before, we've had countless spinoffs, parodies, this and that. So the name and the idea of the night of living dead will always be around. And, um, I think for kind of, uh, to use the term unironically cinephiles and people really interested in the horror genre. This will be a classic. This will be a great kind of teaching instrument. I think it'll be taught in classrooms. Um, It's a great tool. I think that moving forward, you can't really, you can't forget the basics, you know? And so that's why I think for future generations of uh, movie makers, horror filmmakers, this movie will always be a kind of a tried and true, uh, Classic. Yeah, no doubt. My name is Jack Steadman. My name is Genevieve Rose. My name is Trey Mullen. When I complete my degree, I want to continue doing video and audio production. I want to be an editor. I want to create music videos and content for large music artists. My name is Jack Stedron. My name is Genevieve Rose. My name is Trey Mullen, and, and I, I am ComArtSci. Start your journey at comartsci.msu.edu.
Well, Bennett, did you have a favorite character in the movie? Jack, I do have a favorite character, and of course it's going to be Ben, the main hero. I think in a movie like this, he's going to be everybody's favorite hero. Uh, he comes in relatively late into the story um, when Barbara escapes the first zombie and kind of secludes herself in the house. That's when he first kind of comes on the scene. And throughout the entire movie, when we have like the jerks acting up, we have Barbara, who's kind of in shock the entire movie. All of these different factors coming into play, all these different personalities. We have him who's kind of, he's strong, capable. Uh, he keeps calm for the most part, as calm as anybody could be in this situation. He's kind of the leader that I think everyone would need and want in a, a situation like Night of the Living Dead. And um, I think it's just great to see a, a good, strong hero um, taking on horror elements uh, such as this. Yeah, definitely. I think he is a, a great hero for this kind of situation. I mean, all the characters are complete strangers thrust into this location, all experiencing the same thing. And they're forced to work together. And you have and, one guy trying to corral them all together. Right. One guy takes the leadership role and there is some conflict between him and uh, Harry, the husband. Mm. But at the end of the day, Ben really is the protagonist. He is the likable mm. one. And it's also worth pointing out that, I mean, this was 1968. I mean, we're talking in the kind of the middle of the civil rights movement and mm. to have an African-American guy be the lead and the, you know, no question the protagonist of the film and really mm. like the only likable character in the movie. I think that really does show that the movie really was ahead of its time. I mean, for that alone, on top mm. of everything else, like, yeah, I mean, it's good to see Ramirez was keeping an open mind, whether that was always the plan or if it was just the right actor came along and uh, he chose him. But um, I think I think that that also just made the ending even more gut wrenching uh, when Ben is mistaken for an undead and he is shot and that just ends the movie. Um, which brings me to my next question for you is uh, this movie, I think, was very ahead of its time in the twists and turns it had. I mean, first you had the daughter first. Uh, I mean, I think it was fairly predictable that the daughter was going to become a zombie, but I didn't see it coming i didn't see her coming that uh she was going to end up killing both of her parents and in the mother it was a very gruesome death especially for the for 68 when it first came out um what was your reaction like to uh first first the death of the parents by the little girl and then the death of uh of ben at the end right i mean uh shock obviously i mean when uh first the first reveal is that their their daughter has been in the cellar of this house the entire time is what's mm -hmm. kind of a reveal in itself and then oh she's sick why is she sick oh she was bitten mm -hmm. and then it's like oh my god and then your head yep. starts you know thinking about all these different things and the characters are thinking about all these different things what are we going to do about this mm -hmm. they don't really understand the rules yet um they have an idea that bites do lead to eventual death, which then leads to becoming a zombie yourself. Mm -hmm. So um, it really added a, a whole interesting element full of different conflicts because now we have these two parents that have to decide what to do with their young 11, 12-year-old daughter. And then, of course, the daughter ends up murdering both the parents. And mm -hmm. it is um, quite shocking, to say the least. And In very un-zombie-like fashion, the daughter grabs a little hand shovel and just goes goes at her mom. Right, right. She, yeah. 
No, yeah, she uses a weapon to, which yeah. that's very, you know, not typical of zombies to think like that. You know, what we think of zombies now, especially from like The Walking Dead, is just mindless monsters that can't think at all. Yeah. But back then, you know, the, the that was kind of the yeah. idea is that they do have a little bit of thought behind their stuff and they can that, use yeah. tools like that. So, yeah, these zombies were picking up rocks and breaking windows. They were mm-hmm. not letting anything stop them, that's for sure. Right. So I guess another kind of fun question that I feel like everybody has thought about at least once in their life is if there was a zombie apocalypse, what would be your plan? Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I'm in Denver right now, so it's a pretty populated city. I think I would be, uh, I'd be in a pretty bad position, but I suppose I would make my way for the mountains. Um, hopefully it wouldn't be a snow season up here. Um, See, I don't want to get overconfident, Jack, but uh, these zombies are moving pretty slow. I feel like you give me a good, solid baseball bat, and I could take out a, a good a good group of them. But again, um, I'm sure they've gotten uh, better men than uh, than me. So it'd, it'd be tough, but I, I just, you know, stock up on food and uh, see how long you can wait them out. All right. Well, Bennett, overall... Do you think that this movie, Night of the Living Dead, directed by George A. Romero from 1968, does it hold up? Uh, I think absolutely it holds up. Of course, it's dated. Of course, uh, it was made back in the 60s. Um, but I think, which I guess gives me a qu- I, I'm not sure if there's ever been a remake of this, but I think if you give this story uh, like a modern treatment of good effects, camera work, the whole works... Um, I think you would have another another box office hit on your hands. Uh, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, I think it holds up very well. Uh, the story is it's, it's very compelling. I mean, we talked about how dated. The, it's simple, but it, it really covers all the horror points, really keeps you hooked. Right. It really does keep you hooked. It, and yeah, it is a simple story. It's about a group of strangers stuck in a farmhouse that are mm-hmm. slowly uncovering what's happening as they're trying to survive the zombies that are trying to break in. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the simplicity of it and the great writing of the characters mm-hmm. and the, the, you know, the protagonist, the hero is it's you want them to survive the entire time. You want everybody to survive. Mm-hmm. And then you just watch them get picked off one by one mm-hmm. and you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. And um, so I would say, yes, it absolutely does hold up. And uh, I don't see the zombie genre going anywhere anytime soon. I think, you know, it's going to be around no. for a while. So Yeah, I think it's here to stay. People have found something they like they're not going to let it go too easily. For sure. Well, Bennett, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Classic Holdup. Um And I think we can both agree that, yes, Night of the Living Dead from 1968, directed by George A. Romero, does hold up. Jack, thanks for having me on the show. I think it absolutely holds up. And uh, I can't wait to do this for the sequel, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, Whenever that comes out, we'll we'll have to wait for it. This episode of The Classic Holdup was hosted, produced, and edited by Jack Holloway. Special thanks to Bennett Coe for joining me. Find The Classic Holdup on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us at Audio Video Land for updates, teasers, and behind-the-scenes content of all Audio Video Land productions. The Classic Holdup is an Audio Video Land production. 
by digital storytelling students of Michigan State University in collaboration with Impact 89FM.